0: You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most, with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P., Dr. Wayne Purnell, and I am delighted with uh, our guest today. It's uh, it's an amazing uh, we met via LinkedIn and uh, struck up a conversation, and it turns out we have a lot in common. And yet, it turns out that uh, there's such a different path. You can learn a lot from Nico Versen, who is joining me today. Uh, he's an executive uh, executive coach. He's a peak performance expert. He's helped. CEOs and celebrities, he um, has a strong background in psychology. And then he took all of that and and bounced it off of his background as a world champion fighter. And in our early discussions, the reason I wanted to bring him on was I want to talk about what getting punched in the face has to do with leadership. And... (laughs) And so we'll we'll talk a little bit, Nico. Welcome yeah. to One Sharp Sword.
1: It's an honor. I'm so happy to to join you here. You know, on your beautiful uh, platform, and I'm uh, gonna <laughs> do my utter best to provide your followers, your viewers, with some solid some solid, solid content. You know.
0: <laughs> well, it's a conversation, and out of the conversation comes solid content so uh here you are you um first of all what why don't you share a little bit you're in what country and did you start down the psychology path first or did you start down the uh the martial arts and uh championship fighting path first
1: well it it was dual actually when i was 14 i was shy i didn't dare to talk to women and uh I wanted to be a fighter. So at certain moment, a friend invited me to go to the gym, to Muay And I was like, Thai boxing. I want to do something Eastern. And then I came there and I saw them really hidden, full contact on each other. And a few years ago, before I did some uh, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, but it was too soft for me. I had to do push-ups all the time because I was too wild. And all of a sudden, I was there in that gym. I saw them literally knocking each other through the floor, it was the old times, time you know, they were really hard and I just fell in love and I never stopped training since that moment. Okay. But very I few, feel,
0: very few people say that jujitsu is too soft. So it was
1: traditional Japanese jujitsu. For me, the way the training was was run was too soft. Yeah.
0: I got you. That's, that's amazing. Tell me uh, and our audience, tell us where you're from and, and, you know, that accent is certainly not from Texas. So...
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Well, not yet. You never know. Uh, Texas is, has some very... It's
0: very true. Uh, yeah. So so where are where are we talking to? Like, where are you based so now? I, Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up and was born in, in Belgium. You know, and then during my fight career, I went all over the world, of course. Uh, I was Thailand. Obviously, I went to the States to do MMA, I was in Holland, and I fought all over, so it was really nice. And then uh, at the end of my career, when uh, seven original detachments, so my eyes were torn, forced me to stop, uh, I, I decided, you know, I wanted to do to, to help people to, to not do what I did. I believed that I was like Rocky. No matter how hard I was hit, I didn't care. I just ran forward. And <laughs> I see the same thing happening all over. First, I was working with other athletes. They were doing the same thing. But then they got the title and then they were empty and depressed. It was so interesting to me to see that. And then later with uh, CEOs and executives, I saw the same thing. And so I started my, my company really to to give a different perspective, that to become a true champion, to step into your fullest potential, just going full on is just self-limiting. I literally pushed my entire potential because I was not a world champion, I was a vice world champion. I pushed my entire potential into the abyss by just literally not listening a moment to my body. That's then, and then I want to help people to do it differently because you don't have to suffer to become successful.
0: That's huge, right? That like, boom! That is uh, a a beautiful sound. (laughs) Like, you don't have to suffer to be successful is a is a wonderful thing to say. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that you that you had a path of pushing and pushing and pushing and you saw people around you pushing and pushing and pushing, you get that title. And then what, right. And for you, retinal detachment stopped you and you look at your life and you go, really, this is it. Right? <laughs> and it's like, that's awesome. So, um, so you're working with, you're working with organizational leaders yes. and you're helping them, uh, to find fulfillment, to find um, meaning in their lives, and you know that's something that any one of us could be looking for more, right? That you know, how do I how do I find more meaning in my you know in my own life? Okay. Is a it's a great question. So, what kind of? By the way, <laughs> I'm just reading your bio over again. It's you know some people help. Uh, help others become more fulfilled. Some people talk about living more joyfully. And your bio says that you help them live in ecstasy. And so <laughs> I have a couple of questions for you. Of course. Um, of course. The questions are these. What is it you do, like when you work with um, senior leaders or anyone, right, the, how? what is it you do That helps them really understand what living a fulfilled life is or feeling like what they do matters, giving them meaning. And then the second part of that is how do you take someone from feeling fulfilled to living a
1: life of ecstasy? Hmm. Well, so the first thing is questions. Okay. A thousand questions. Because, like, what is fulfilling to me is not fulfilling to you definition or it can be but you know but i don't know so so the question is is one of the most powerful tools that i have but then of course that's step one you know well, then we get some insight in what to, what our values are what are our personal strengths uh what are our personal boundaries also what do you want or what do you do or don't want but that's only the basics you know it's really 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 basic but then then let's go into demystifying certain um, so-called truisms. For example, the fact that we are being told that stress is bad is, to me, an abomination. It's just not not seeing the complete truth. And so they see only at one certain kind of thing. Now, research more and more is indicating is that what you believe, that stress is good. And you're learn to embrace that well then it's of course much more simple than after the fact after you work day to let go because you understand it's a normal part of the of the world and so for example dr elia Krum from stanford she's a she's a master in this and the uh, early inspirations and if you want to learn more about it you have to look up the stress is enhancing mindset it's fantastic So, by just changing your mind, you can learn to what I call adultify as a person. So, we live in a society where these days a lot of people are very sensitive. We can't say nothing. And certain groups, for sure, you know which groups they are, they can't say nothing about, for example, discrimination or sexism because we didn't go through the same thing. Now, at the same time, the problem is then you stop conversation. And when you stop conversations, between people with an opposite vision, you stop the evolution. Like your book states, that's always, we're always transitioning. And how can you transition if you both stop listening to each other? So I help also those leaders to listen, to start to listen to people that give them critique and to create what I call internal psychological safety, whereby no matter what other people say or what they do, you can hold on to yourself without having to react emotionally out of an emotion outburst and where you can learn to suit your emotions. Because when you can do that, when you can keep in touch with your own values and your own strengths and your own beliefs, well, then both can start to co-create. I truly believe that. I think that's essential.
0: I love that. Um, I'm making notes. So if you see me looking down, it's that I am writing. I love the idea of internal psychological safety, right? I, I do a lot of work with personal identity and, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are triggered or offended. It has to do in my opinion with um, a a threat to personal identity. Like somebody Mm -hmm. said something that threatens who I believe I am. And I, I think that your term of internal psychological safety is exactly that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to take it from that to a place of Mm co-creation is magical. It's magical, right? So um, I I just, I love that. I love the idea of opening conversation. um, Mm -hmm. And and it's really about exploration. Like when you co-create, you are exploring what the other person believes Mm -hmm. and you're offering versus imposing what you believe, right? That's co-creation. You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. Want to move beyond kindness? Yep, kindness is nice, but it doesn't go far enough. Dr. Purnell has started a movement focused on rehumanization. That starts with one, you. Go to startswithone.com for a free and quite fun challenge. You'll get emails for the next 21 days to
1: guide you to making a more significant difference in the lives of others. StartsWithOne.com
0: onecom And now, back to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. What's been some of the, the most a significant kind of change that you've seen in, in a leader that you've worked with?
1: Well, I, I worked with several women that were really successful, real hard pushers like, man, like it, it was incredible how they could do what they did. But of course they came to me because they want to have even more and do even more. But I understood that it was not what was going on. They were working so hard, they were achieving so much because something was lacking and very often with a lot of very powerful and successful and very intelligent women that very often look good too, you know, they take care of themselves. It's loneliness. And with men too, don't get me wrong, but it comes out in a different way. And so like the biggest transformation that I've seen is that when I work with, with female leaders, but also with male leaders actually, where they have to plan in pleasure because otherwise it will not happen. And what is pleasure? Pleasure to me is everything that fulfills you. So there is a difference. I take it from... um, uh, So so there's a difference between what I call entertainment and what I call pleasure. Now, pleasure is everything that after the fact, you feel fulfilled, even when you're tired. Working for me can, for example, be an absolute pleasure. When I read a book and it it gives me some new insights, I I get the mode, I disappear, nobody... I see nobody and I become... Well, a little bit autistic-like, and it's empty. <laughs>
0: You're absorbed. You're absorbed in the book. Yes, totally.
1: And the next day, even though I <laughs> even though I, I, didn't stop reading for 20 hours, sometimes I have to put the timer to say, okay, time to go to bed. I learned that. Now, then I'm even though I'm really exhausted, I am fulfilled. I have more energy to do other things. Now, I have all the clients that work really hard, that get so much achievements, that, like, win after win after win, millions after millions, and so on, you know? Right. My my private pain. <laughs> who cares? <I> mean, <laughs> it's really funny because they, they, they forgot we have two pleasure systems in our body. You have the dopamine system, and they're really changing that. Uh What don't don't I have? And so they train their neurology more and more to focus outside of themselves towards the future, towards something they don't have yet. But then, when they get that, they don't take the time to recharge that dopamine system, to just, well, activate the serotonin system, in other words, to enjoy what they have in the now, in the moment, with the people that are important for them. That to me are two very important things because oxytocin and the hugging hormone and serotonin work very strongly together. And when I see it, and then there's a problem. So they have, it it creates a kind of almost atrophy where whereby never doing that, they they are not able to do it anymore. And then when you have nothing else to strive for. uh,
0: That is really well said. I haven't... uh heard them juxtaposed like that dopamine versus serotonin um the reason we feel good about striving for something is that it's a dopamine hit i want this this is you know and then um and then really taking the time to enjoy it once you get it you know that's huge too and that is the right there's this strive go i want this dopamine 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 and then it's It really is about just settling back. Uh, I love the, I love that, the, you know, enjoy what you have. I also, I also think it's really important um, to, to be talking about building in time for pleasure, build it into your calendar. And one of the things that, that uh, I'm a big fan of is state what your values are and then look at your calendar, (laughs) right? And you've said you want this, but your calendar says all of that, you know, and it's not this, it's not the stated values. (coughs) It is not the stated values. And so where you spend your time is really the, the neon sign that says, this is what you really value. You might say you value this, but you're off doing something else. So um, plan, pleasure. Um, You also said something very important as well, which is um, a lot of people seem to be seeking outside things in order to fill this loneliness gap, this void that they feel. You said it happens more with women, and probably it's expressed more with women um, i'm certain that men feel it as well and i just think it's important like as you say things i'm taking notes and i want to you know pause every so often to make sure that those points are really really highlighted so, so
1: that's uh, the, thanks
0: yeah
1: yeah so next to well the, the values and the needs and, and and the pleasure in other words like the, the engagement in life being fully engaged like even if you do something that you don't like try to be fully engaged. Now there are many kinds of motivations you can say okay this task is not nice but why do it it makes it helps me to 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 take care of my family something simple as that can give a real boost for engagement and then you can do it as best as you can that's the thing so that's the second part so first thing thing is like how can you turn stress into a competitive advantage The second is make pleasure a priority but then the third thing I think, and that is the thing that at the end, when people come to me very often it's for performance enhancement and stress release, but then in the end, I'm actually working a lot as a relationship coach, like because that's where very often it lies. And I see it as the fast track for personal growth, because when you can do it, when you can hold on to yourself under the pressure of your partner that you love deeply to compromise well, compromise is okay, but when you keep compromising until you're compromising yourself, then we have a problem. So I, I love the, the way Dr. David Schnarch, he said he passed away last year, puts it, he says, like, we have, it's like very relationship, many relationships, we have an idea of intimacy like this. I meet somebody that I like. Okay, I'm wine your beer. I do some beer with my wine. I do some wine and beer in a certain moment, you have done so much that you lost yourself. If you do a bit more, you well, you lost yourself. You are just a tasteless mixture that nobody wants to drink, because you are recklessly making love to yourself. And who wants to do that? You know? so, so the key is then: how how can you learn to stand your own feet again? Because then. When you're onto your own feet when there's this distance to bridge then desire can come when you come to yourself and come together in this into this pulsation between coming close to yourself and coming close to each other so it's well like done. Yeah. With, yeah
0: well said I uh it's funny because I use my hands when I talk about uh, relationships as well and um you know the the root word the roots of the word relationship re is again relation is the way things come together and ship is the state of and so a relationship a lot of people get in trouble because they think it's static mm-hmm. and um you know the way you've held your hands this way I actually hold my hands this way which is where my fingers will interlace and each hand represents a strong person what makes a good relationship is coming together coming apart coming together coming apart coming together so that as you say uh, you didn't say it this way, but the, really the key is to keep your own identity while supporting the other person in the growth of their identity. So I, I am. I mean, it's one of the reasons you're here on this on One Sharp Sword with me today is because we have such uh, uh, similar thoughts about the way the world works, and we come at it just slightly differently. And I love that. I love that. That's the That's the blend. It's, it's so good, Nico. Um, so, so that's great. What are you working on now? What kind of stuff are you, are you focused on for your future? I mean, you've, you've gotten belt titles. Um, you've given up the, the martial world because of retinal detachments. You can't take any more literal hits. Um, you are on this amazing trajectory of helping uh, leaders become better leaders, and and uh, people in the world to relate better together. So, what's what's your next big next?
1: So, so there are two things that I'm working on. Well, first of all, of course, I'm 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 trying to find some people that. Well, I've become a bit more uh, selective with my clients. I want to work with heroes. (laughs) Heroes. Yes, people that make the world a better place. And so that's why I'm now, in part, also thinking of actually working on a a group program for healthcare workers, but not only like the doctors that can work with me privately, which I, I have several doctors or surgeons that work with me, but also very important. It's the support staff. Because now during COVID, it is well, I have a few clients like that 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 work together, you know. Like it's crazy. But of course, they can't, they're not in the position to afford me one-to-one. So I'm working now on something that I can help a whole lot of of the support people. The people are real heroes. They are are there, they are taking care of all of us, you know, but nobody's taking care of them. And for me, it's it's so mind-boggling. I work with uh, with some specialists, some people that were in the operation chamber every day, and to me, it is absolutely so mind-boggling that the, one of the most unhealthy work environments that are existing is is the clinical world. You know, is the is the, is the medical world. Like to me, that's it's it's mind-boggling.
0: It is mind-boggling, and it, that is uh, it seems to be the condition around the world. Right, that, that here are super stressful stressful conditions. You need to make literally life and death decisions every single moment. Um, so, wow, good for you. When you say you wanna work with heroes and you identify physicians and support staff, what kind of work will you be doing with them?
1: Well, with physicians, it is it, very, very bespoke. So some people will be around relationships, Without the will, people. With a lot of them, I think the people that come to me very often, they they are so sick with just disease management, and they want to create, go more into health promotion. But of course, like the medical board in very, for, in Australia, for example, they don't like that. They have it's, they this very strict ideas about what 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 uh, MDS need to work on, and so like it, it's a very you know ancient and very. It's like a mammoth you know it's very sturdy it's powerful but you know it's also very it has difficulties with dynamics with, with transitions like you say so I help a few of them you make that transition like how can you do that without literally getting sued you know <laughs> uh, by the medical board yes. and then and then uh, <laughs> and then the, for the nurse it, it's three parts so well in first part you know I help him again Turn stress into their competitive advantage. But for more, more very importantly, I will create like uh, a community where they can support each other, where we have group conversations and where we share our hero stories. Now, people always think that hero stories are the win stories. No, very often to me, like superheroes are nothing when it's compared to people that work in the medical field because they step into the ring day in, day after after. They have day in and day out while they are losing people
0: mm-hmm. while
1: they are facing the most painful and destructive thing when they are facing the most intense real life situation there, but very often because they are so pushed by the management because they are getting criticized all the time for, for using medication because they are actually not getting the respect they want the problem is they get pushed so much that they can't that they don't realize anymore that they are heroes so that is what i want to do i want to help them not only to use that stress to outperform themselves and to find the meaning again in their jobs that's the essential and then also of course relationally what they learn for their personal relationships with the doctors they work for or with their and or with their nurses you know with their support team sure like that relationship, that relating is similar. Both we have to hold on to ourselves. We have to create an internal psychological safety because then when one person steps on, the other one has two choices, or they go away, or they step up too.
0: This is great. This is really great. I want to uh, pause just long enough to reflect on some of the things you said. You you talked about, and I have I have notes that I that I've been writing. Um uh, I love the idea of disease management versus versus uh, health promotion. That's a huge mindset shift. Um, it's a big issue in healthcare, and um, I guess that's a global issue. Very often, you see it in various organizations in healthcare, at least in the United States. And mm-hmm. to know that that is um, problematic around the world is kind of sad. You know, it's. Um, uh, so to really look at how do we promote health in general um, is is a huge mindset shift. I love the idea of turning stress into a competitive advantage. that is I think that's something that every single one of us could take with us. Like if I'm feeling stressed, what do I get to not have to? like how do I have to manage this stress? what do i get to do with this stress so it levels me up is a very different question cuz we're so used to well if i'm feeling stress i have to it's almost like a fight i have to fight the stress which creates more stress which <laughs> which is pretty bad so uh, if i'm feeling stress how do i leverage that to a competitive advantage i love that concept and um it's something i will be thinking about and and um yeah, this, that, one's, that one stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of creating community. Mm-hmm. This is huge. That anytime, and this goes for any of our audience, that if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, think about who you're connected to. Because um, I believe that every single one of us, so every single one of our audience members, as you listen to this, as you watch this, that you are a hero in, in your world. And so who in your world might you get to celebrate with? And who in your world might you get to celebrate? Like what is the other person or the other people? What are they doing in in their lives that you can celebrate? And so I think creating a community to share hero stories is a beautiful and brilliant idea. I love it. And it brings you back to how do I find meaning in my job? And you talked about, well, sometimes the tasks themselves are just horrible. Um, I had a a mentor, I have a mentor that I'm working with, and he talked about loving the, you know, if you've got a, if you're walking your dog, you got to love picking up the dog poop. Like just love that, because what you're leaving is a beautiful park, right? So it's it's like you might hate the task, but look at the outcome, and and so I uh, I wanted to make sure that that didn't get by as a as a kind of a, a point that um, that we can give to the audience as well. So good stuff, Nico. Um, what would you? What are you hoping that I might have asked you? What um, What did I miss in our conversation? Hmm.
1: <laughs> well, there is something that is that, that a lot of a lot of people don't talk about in the yeah. during the post psychology thing, and that's intimacy, like physical intimacy. Uh, and I believe that's that is that's a big fault. You know, like back in the past, like Freud and all the the, the other old timers they talked about, but always in an active sphere. sexuality is all about problems. But what they what I'm but what is missed very often is that it's a very healing, self-affirming activity. When you do a show with a partner that you love deeply, you know. And I truly believe that the intimate sphere is a very underdeveloped sphere. You have it in, in the East, you have the, the Tantra, you have the Taoistic techniques, mm-hmm. which goes to a much deeper depth of, of intimacy and of also, well, your, uh, the control of your nervous system. Because I, I make a comparison between a tantric master that can stay into intense pleasure without just, you know, losing himself and just you know going to bed mm-hmm. with with somebody that's facing a world champion or somebody who's facing the board. So it's it, it's similar, and it's a it's a, it's a field that is spoken very little over, for sure in the United States, I believe. Uh, and and I think there's this, there's a a, a bit of gold to be found there. There's, for example, there is a uh, professor, she, she has her own research facility, and she is trying to uh, get <laughs> uh, orgasm on prescription. She made the comparison between uh, between psychosbilin like magic mushrooms, and how much of a spiritual experience you have with all the positive side effects on both. Depression, for example, and anxiety, and well, uh self pleasure in women, and she has found, by, by very very solidly that the self pleasure has much more effects. So that th- there is so much to be found in this. Now, it's amazing I,
0: it's an amazing arena. I think it's the first time we've talked about uh, intimacy at, in that way um, on this show, and. Uh, Fantastic. You know, all the doors are open. So uh, I love the, the, you know, you use the, the, the concept of intimacy sphere, which is right. We think about the, about a sphere, what do we let into our bubble and uh, how great is that? And the idea of loving deeply being so healing mm. and that um very interesting concept and hadn't, hadn't thought about it heard about it uh the the uh juxtaposition of psilocybin uh the mushrooms against self-pleasure so that's <laughs> that's it's an interesting arena to explore i suppose so um what I- what are you doing with that like what are you what's your You know, is this something you're studying or is this something you're actually going to be?
1: Well, this is something I studied for a long time. Since I was 14, like I said, like I I, I didn't dare to talk to women. So I started studying all about that, that intimacy. It was so fascinating. I didn't understand nothing, you know, uh, but... uh, yeah, what I do is, of course, not physical, <laughs> but very often I, with some of my clients, not all of them, like not everybody's open for this, and that's perfectly fine. When you work with me, it has to be, whatever we do has to be with your full, full commitment. Otherwise, you know, we'll not do it. Uh, otherwise, that doesn't have the same effect, of course. But what we can do is can learn a different way of making love that is slower, is much more, uh, it's almost like a sensual meditation where you come just very close and very slow where you really try to feel. And when you start to do that, you become much more sensitive, but in a way that, you know, less is more, where you become much more aware of the present moment, energy and feelings and sensations between the two. But it can, of course, be... Many people don't realize how... Um, intense this can be because it will pull up a lot of things. I can promise you that sure. it's uh it's uh it's like again, it's like a fast track for personal growth. Uh, so that means it's not so easy very often.
0: I mean, this is I mean, you can teach this remotely. It's not like someone actually has to be in physically in your presence because that's no. it's, it's not like you're doing something physical, essentially
1: i i and i will do this work if i do it in real life there has to be somebody with them because like i to me it's very important that people feel safe and i i don't touch it's not for me (laughs) like you know and when i do that thing it's it's just i i help them you can try this you can do this try it out yourself and come back to me of course it's not like i'm is,
0: uh, Good deal. I just wanted, to, for you know, for again, course. for the sake of the audience, I, I wanted to take away the creepy factor. So, of course, uh, <laughs> it's like, and when you work with me, uh, yeah, no, so <laughs>
1: not no, no, no. <laughs> no touchy, not <laughs> uh,
0: So it's really, I, I am appreciative of the of the idea that um, it's like sec- sensual meditation that you you know slow things down. And this, I believe, is true for all areas, whether it's uh, whether it's of a sexual nature or whether it's simply sensual. That you know, it was Fritz Perls who said, "Lose your mind and come to your senses." Um, He's the founder of Gestalt psychology, and and you know that was back in the in the early '60s when he said that. And I think it really that struck me as a great quote that we get locked in our heads so much thinking 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 mm-hmm. that if we really can slow things down to feel and this can happen even you know on on across a parking lot or you've gone shopping and it's like slow down i used to do a an exercise with my clients where i would make them I I called it the 10% exercise. And instead of 10% more, it was slow it down
1: 10%.
0: Walk 10% more slowly. Feel the pressure on your feet. Feel the grass or the pavement as you take your step. Smell the air. Feel the air. Is it humid? Is it is it? Uh, dry is it like feel the the sun or the fog feel and smell the flowers or the oil of the car that's burning next to you like becoming so much more aware puts you so it lands you so solidly in the now it is and that is really the the whole point I believe of what you teach which is
1: you know. well to me to me it's like I, I want to help people to get into more, like I say, ecstasy. And what is ecstasy? Ecstasy is a complete absorption the moment. Some people call it flow, but ecstasy is something else. Like flow is a peak experience, it's a peak and you have a drop. But the flow experience, well, the, the ecstasy experience that I talk about is what Abraham Maslow, he talked wrote about it at the end of his life. So after he had his uh, first heart attack, he entered a much more soothing, much calmer state, but like instead of a peak experience, it was a plateau experience where he was so appreciative about the fragility and the the preciousness of life. Mm. Yeah. And so I believe that when you really focus, okay, how can I recreate more peak experience, Which can be sensual, which can be in sports, which can be in music, which can be in work, which can be in everything. It's all it's all the same physiology, you know. Your parietal lobes, you know, they they deactivate, so you have more the feeling of connection with everything and your, your uh, anterior cingulate cortex starts to connect everything more and all of a sudden you feel connected mm-hmm. and you your brain and your emotions it's all just you it's interesting it's as if you feel the connection more with everything yes you get less separation but at the same time you get much more become much more yourself because you you start to understand your your place in the whole.
0: It's a, that's an amazing paradox, right? To be so connected and to recognize that one drop in the ocean is still a drop and makes a difference to that ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, really amazing. Um, again, I mean, Nico, you're, you know, when we first had uh, a brief conversation, I was uh, taken by your philosophy and the way you view the world. and it's why I wanted you here. And having spoken with you more, it's I, it's so good. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, ecstasy is the absorption into the moment. And it, what could be better than that, right? What could be better than that? Just being so absorbed in every moment that you live your life in the state of like it's, it's just, just that. Just
1: that. Right? that's
0: so good well if people want to find more about you or uh to reach out to you how do people find you
1: well of course at my website performwithpleasure.com uh, and there you can find a free masterclass in which well I give already some very good tools to turn stress into your competitive advantage. So that's one thing, it's like an hour long. Uh, You also can find uh, a form there where you can get a free assessment call with me, because again, I don't work with everybody. I work with people that I know I can help. You know, I'm I'm a champion, so I want to have the results. So if I don't know that I can give you those results, I will not start with you and I will try to find another solution together with you. So uh, that is that. Or you can contact me through my socials, which is uh, Nico Veresen on Facebook. You will find me. You see my face, <laughs> it's open. <laughs> or uh, Nico. Veresen at uh, Instagram. That's possible. Of okay. LinkedIn. Same thing. Just okay. my name.
0: Uh. again, I mean, you said so many things that just make me smile, right? It's, um, I'm a champion, I get results. You know, it's like, (laughs) what would happen if each of us lived our lives that way? You know, it's like, look, I'm a champion, I get results. Um, If, if, you know, you've put in the miles to make that happen. You've been punched and have done your punches to make that happen. Um, And now you're doing it, in a psychological way, to lift others, to get those insights. I'm just thinking, you know, what if every day we woke up with the with that as as a personal mantra? I'm a champion. I get results. What a declaration! I just thought. <laughs> I we are
1: all champions. Like listen, we we won against I don't know thousands, perhaps millions of other sperms. Like we won. We won. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah yeah and uh you know even in in the wake of what's happened in the past couple of years mm. right we've come through something pretty um unusual right and we're all you know those of us that are still here are still here and maybe we've lost somebody along the way maybe we know somebody that's that's been uh stricken or has been ill and um you know they they still did a good fight right and and so you know it's like well right i'm here and i have almost it's almost like a duty right i have a duty or responsibility being here to get even greater results so this is great perform with pleasure.com uh, Nico Veresen, how do you say your last name? Veresen. Veresen.
1: Yeah.
0: I have, I have uh, messed that up twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: always with English people. Not a problem at all.
0: Nico Veresen, thank you, thank you for joining us. This is. Uh, <laughs> This is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I have had an amazing guest in Nico today, and I am your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach. We'll see you here next time. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without fluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.